Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Don't get it twisted. Uh, this is the only podcast in the history of the human race where two brothers talk to each other. I am one of those two brothers slash kind of comedian slash comic book fan. My name's Will Hines. I'm the other one of all those things. And I am Kevin Hines. You've shortened our description to just two brothers talking to each other i know we've never done it the same so i feel free to sort of mm-hmm. tweak it each time i mean it's even less true now though right there must be many 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 <laughs> podcasts where brothers talk to each other i've never heard of them uh, okay i mean I, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts oh I well I, I listen to a ton my favorite is my brother my brother and me uh um, okay, that one feels like it's brothers talking to each other just from uh, me they've never verified that uh, what else do I like? Nor have uh, we. We've like never the, verified it. The Sklar brothers. I love them. Mm-hmm. What else do I love? Man, the word brothers is in their name. Oh, I guess I've always assumed that was just a joke. People assume that about us. We get mad. Uh, let's see. What else do I like? Um, I can't think of anything else, but um, anyway, I'm pretty sure. But uh, we do talk to each other about something we like. Um, and we talk about comic books. Yeah. Usually comic books that we loved as kids, but sometimes it's comic books we're interested in. Mm-hmm. And we are uh, wrapping up our talking about music season. Mm-hmm. And um, and we got a we got a humdinger of an episode today, Kevin, because we are going over one of our favorite comic books. We're going over yeah. two issues, but one of them is right. one of our favorite issues. Of Iron all Fist time. number ninety eight. <laughs> I know it changed Kurt, our lives. <laughs> Kurt uh, wrote, I think, Heroes for Hire, maybe or Iron Power Man and Iron Fist. I think yeah. that's what he wrote. So. Uh, no, uh, Astro City. We're going to cover the uh, one half issue, right? Was it just issue one half, or was it like number? It's just, it's just issue one half. Um, yeah. And we're also going to go over issue one. Yeah. And in general, the series overall. Astro City, which we are big fans of Mm -hmm. um, in general. And this is a seminal work in the the career of Kurt Busiek. Critically acclaimed, deservedly so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Popular, however popular it is, not popular enough, I say. I think that's definitely true. I mean, outside of his mainstream work, it is his most famous work. and uh, it should be as big as anything he's done outside of maybe Marvels. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's it's something that we really adore, and I'm excited to talk about it, Kev. How about you? What, how, what's your emotional state right now as we go into talking about Astro City? My emotional state is steady. <laughs> is, that, is that an emotion? <laughs> steady. Yeah. yeah. You know, as an actor, I get that direction a lot from the director. They'll yeah. be like, let's try it again, but this time do it steady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can um, see that. Uh, but first we should prom- we should mention where our contest is still going on that we're doing with our, our buddies partner. over at Shortboxed. Yeah, uh, shortbox.com, which is a place where you can buy and sell graded comic books, and we are partners with them. They're doing a giveaway uh, where they where they're giving away a copy of Astro City Number One, which we'll be talking about on this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's a free giveaway. You just go to shortbox.com/slash/screwit, enter your email address, and you'll be in the running. They will send you a coupon for I don't know ten or fifteen dollars off. Yeah, we knew purchased. that at, we knew that at one point, and then yes, we, we have forgotten, forgotten since then. Yeah, and um, but that's optional. You don't have to use that. But um, the the contest is not optional. You have to enter. Yeah, that is required. 
and we're going for 10 people to sign up for. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I never follow up to see how many people sign up for these things. Yeah. If you haven't signed up for it, listen, this is, this would be a free copy of Astro city. Number one, 9.6 rating yep. sent to your door in a cool little plastic, you know, it's, case. It's- it's slabbed already, as the uh, cool collectors say. The very cool collectors say. And as the uncool collectors say, it is just contained in a nice little plastic case. So I just Googled 10 people, and nowhere in here does it say they've entered our contest. It's not showing up as uh, one of the... What does that mean? Like you Googled the phrase 10 people? 10 people, you... that's right, yeah. Okay, and it just didn't turn up that anybody had actually entered this contest? And that's just not one of the... It's not in the first page, at least. I was hoping to see like an entry that said like, We've uh, entered this contest. These are the people who've entered the short box contest. That's but, uh, disappointing. You know, it's, it's like 10 people versus 10 persons. Watch people in 10 from People Let me Magazine. Check. Let me Top check. 10 richest people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this has nothing to do with short box or us. Let me check DuckDuckGo because I like the privacy, the privacy search. No, mm-hmm. it's not here either. I just searched for 10 people on DuckDuckGo. And- so that's not a good sign. I hope. I hope people are entering because this is a great giveaway um, and it is free. And I assume you'll be put on an email list, but Hey, you know what? They got an unsubscribe link in that email list. If it really bothers you, but also we like short boxed and they do have good content. And these, one of the reasons why we like partnering with them is these are real comic book fans and their, and their site does a good job of like curating interesting things and Mm -hmm. doing, they do amazing interviews with people. And then they also do lame interviews with people like us, but they yeah. also do amazing interviews with real creators. And so they don't sell a lot of mattresses or underwear or yeah, um, they sell, I mean, I assume they sell some. They must because they're advertising on podcasts. So I think you have yeah. to sell toothbrushes yeah. or snack boxes or mattress. I, yeah, it's yeah. got or stamps that that must be yeah. part of the site. But, but mostly what they sell is comic books. And we like that about them. Yeah. And um, they're really fun and 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 committed people, so we dig it. So if you're the if you're the sort of comic book reader who likes buying and selling graded comic books, check out Shortbox. And please, even if you're not, sign up for this and get a be in the running to get a free copy of Astro City Number One. Hang it on your wall. Send us a photo of it on your wall. Shortbox.com/slash/screw it. Now we're so irreverent. Um, Kevin, let's get to the main event here. Let's talk about Astro City. I Great. can't wait. Sure. So, who, who wants to do the work of saying what Astro City is? Uh, I'll do it, and then you'll correct me on it. Okay. That's how you like it, I think. That's how uh, I like it. I like to be wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. You'll tell me why I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and then you'll tell me what it really is, and then yep. you'll compare it to uh, Saturday Night Live. Some era of uh, the Beatles. Okay, I'll do uh, that. Or, and then um, and then I'll make some joke about not knowing who the Beatles are, and then okay. we'll do a commercial break. And then, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Astro City is it's Kurt. It's Kurt's. Uh, I don't know. It's his world. It's his world of superheroes that he's created along with Alex Ross and Brent Anderson. Brent Anderson is the main artist, and Alex Ross is the cover artist, and also uh, helps with a lot of the character creation. Uh, and it's a world of superheroes. It's a full. It's a full Marvel universe. It's a full DC universe. It's got every sort of character that you can imagine. There is somebody who's kind of similar to it, but also very different. So there's Superman types and Batman types and Spider-Man types, Teen Titans types and Fantastic Four types, Doctor Strange types. So you got magic guys and superpower guys. It's just a world that's populated with them. But instead of like really following a plot of like 
these superheroes facing off against some supervillain. It's more about the world they live in. And so a lot of times it's like a man on the street view of those superheroes, or sometimes it's a more human look at those characters. Uh, so if, if we are going to follow the Samaritan, who's like a Superman type, it's going to be like more about just what he thinks about and dreams about and not about who he's fighting and defeating. And if we're going to follow uh, Jack in the Box, it's not really about the villains he's fighting. It's about him wrestling with becoming a dad. Um, and so it's a lot of that. Or we follow like the guy in the street who saw the Jack in the Box on mask or somebody who works in the honor guard, which is their Justice League's call center. Uh, and just like that's that person's job and let's get to know them. Uh, and so it's a it's a real interesting way to look at it. And the superheroes are like the backdrop to the book, even though they are completely fully fleshed out. They are more than just yes. types there. Yeah. It feels like there is a series of Astro City books. There's like a universe of comic books, one for each of these characters. And that exists in another reality that this book is tapping into. Kevin, I think that was a terrific description. So why was it wrong? <laughs> I, I loved it. And I want to just add to it and kind of say that maybe what's remarkable about this book is really there's not any one big like twist or concept that goes over the whole series. And it's really more just like, what if a great superhero writer, Kurt Busiek, created a universe where he could just do the stories he wanted to do and they're good because he's good. I mean, mm -hmm. each individual story or arc will often have a high concept twist or something like that. But if you're reading Astro city, you're reading it because Kurt is good and he thinks of interesting stories that maybe have not been told in your sort of standard fair superhero world. And yeah. he's free to do it without having to worry about the continuity of a larger company because it's his universe. Yeah, it's I mean, this is true of other superheroes, but it's probably it feels like it's the most true of this superhero. Like like Love and Rockets to go away for superheroes for a second is like you wouldn't really want to watch someone else write Love and Rockets. Absolutely not. That's you want to see Jaime and, and Beto yeah. Hernandez only. And I think that's true for most like non superhero books, but a lot of superhero books. Sometimes it's interesting to be like, oh, what have this other writer got his? Yeah, hands on this cool character. It's not true for all of them, per se, but uh, but Astro City is like there's all these characters, but I never read this going, oh man, I wonder what Al Ewing would do with the Samaritan. Uh, right. I, I'm like, no, that's Kurt's world, and it. I don't care about anyone else writing it. Uh, so and, and I'll yeah. say, I, I totally agree. You're you're reading Astro City because you because you're a fan of you. You would read Astro City because you're a fan of Kurt, and he's he's at his best in these stories. Although what I've learned about Kurt in this series we're doing, he's always at his best. This guy works hard at his job. So it's, you know, yeah. but Astro City maybe is his most personal. Well, yeah, I'm sure he phoned in a book and we're going to find it. We're going to, yeah, we're going to find a lousy Kurt Busiek book and we'll do an episode on yeah, it. Especially something that he did like <laughs> post a uh, Thunderbolt, something like he just really like, you could just really see was just going through the motions. <laughs> but just, um, if I had wear, to make wearing his dislike on his sleeves, like, <laughs> disapproval. Yeah. If I had to say what described an Astro City story in general is they tend to be emotional and personal, and they try to get at the feeling of being in a superhero world more than like the plot. There often are great plots, but you know, when I finish an Astro City story, I feel like I've looked within the heart mm -hmm. of somebody who lives in, in the Superman's world 
uh, in a way that I love. I mean, I, my, I'm often quite moved by Astro City stories. And, and, uh, and Kurt writes these kind of stories sometimes when he does other characters. And other people also sometimes will do like one-offs where it's like, uh, oh, this is just an interesting look at this character from a different angle. Like weirdly, like um, the kid who collects Spider-Man. It feels like an Astro City story. It's like an Astro City Spider-Man story. I totally agree. Yes. Um, and those will happen from time to time. And they're really, and they're, they're always like well, some of my favorite stories and anything. And this is just like a book of those. Yeah. They also tend to be sweet. There is a lot of darkness in them and evil things go down, but they tend to lean a little optimistic and nice there. You know, something like Watchmen is a really interesting and emotional look at the world of superheroes, but there's a, there's a mischief and a meanness to Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Returns is one of the most gripping superhero stories I've ever read, and I adore it. But it's vicious and it's angry and the world is often bleak. Although that that does end hopeful, but there's a lot of bleakness in the dark. Yeah, Returns. I mean, both those, City books, is, both those books seem to almost hold the superheroes with a little bit of disdain, even though both those creators love superheroes a lot. Yeah, it's there's a bit of disdain to the to the ideas and to the childness, childless, childishness of those characters. Yeah. And Astro City is a world that loves superheroes mm-hmm. and is glad to be there. And it's a world that seems livable, like yeah. to live in the world of Astro City. You don't you don't feel cursed. Uh, whereas if you told me I had to go live in the Gotham of Dark Knight Returns, I don't know if I'd be too excited. You know? Yeah, I was talking to somebody about Batman comics recently, and I was just sort of like saying like, oh, yeah, this comic is good. I just feel beaten up by Batman comics because the world is so bleak and sad. Mm-hmm. And in these mm-hmm. comics, it feels like Gotham has gotten darker and darker since Batman became Batman, since Bruce Wayne has become Batman. Uh, and that just makes him to me feel like, oh, he's bad at his job. Gotham is worse now. Yeah. And I, there's more going on there than that, of course. But like, it just feels like that to me. I'm like, there if is he was that good a that. superhero, wouldn't it be better? Yeah. Wouldn't he be doing better than like stemming the tide? Right. Um, and it, it, it bums me out sometimes. But Astro City feels like, even though like Astro City is filled with so many superheroes, it feels like you can't go down the street without like a building falling in front of you. Yes. It still feels like a safe city to live in. There's, there's love and joy there. So like, if you're a superhero fan, I mean, I Astro City is an absolute must read. It's a must recommendation. It's one of the best things you can read if you're a fan of superheroes. I I, every, I adore it. And every issue has an Alex Ross cover. That almost alone is worth it. Yes, I yeah. agree. And like Kevin said, like it, the details and the characters are so thought through that very just sort of like tossed off not tossed off, but like brief flashbacks seem to be windows into a world where you wouldn't mind reading a whole series on that little flashback or just like an, a mention of a character for a panel is so intriguing. Yeah. I have no idea how much, how many of these character stories are mapped out in Kurt's mind. Some of them surely were when he started and some of them came into focus later on. But like when a character shows up for the first time, it's hard to tell whether or not he's got like 10 stories about that character already, knows their origin and their arch nemesis, or if it's just like, and eh, it's a fun character to throw in here. Uh, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. Yes, I'm, I'm sure there's a mixture of planned out and stuff that he evolved as he went along. I'll say that Astro City feels to me like great Spielberg movies. Like Astro City is to superheroes what Spielberg is to like adventure serials or something. Huh. Like they are modernized and they're smart but there's a there's just like a joy for what they are in essence. Um, you know, so it's like it's like 
what amazing stories was to Twilight Zone, Astro City is to superheroes, or you know what 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 Indiana Jones is to the adventure serial. Mm-hmm. That's what these are to superheroes, kind of, or Jurassic Park or something. Yeah, um, Astro City was made in the wake of Marvels, which we already covered in this podcast, um, and so the spirit of it is very similar to Marvels. Yeah. Uh, and I remember buying the first issue of Astro City, um, which is coming out through Image Comics, I believe. Um, and I was buying it purely because the Alex Ross cover, Kurt Busiek, and you know, writing the guys who did Marvels. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to try this. And I was hooked immediately. That first issue is so good that I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I want to read more stories like this. It's like a good short story collection. Yeah, it feels like, like, like good short stories feel like oh, that's just a cool idea for a story. Exactly. It's novels, like a, ha- a happy Twilight Zone, maybe. Yeah. Novels don't always have like a cool idea. Novels sometimes are like, oh, this is just a good book. Yes. A good world, a good like wordsmithing, a good expression yeah. of an interior landscape. But good short stories almost always also have to be like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You want to like tell somebody. Yeah. Um, what do we dive into the first issue? Do you want to do that mm-hmm. before the break? Yeah, I think so. I think we can. Yeah. I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on either issue. I think we'll then kind of uh, talk about just in general a little bit more, but let's talk about this first issue about, this is about the Samaritan. Yeah. And the Samaritan is basically the Superman analog and he works for a newspaper as a, his secret identity is working for a newspaper as a fact checker and he can fly and he's super strong. You, you don't, you do later get his story, but in this issue, you don't know much more than he kind of looks and acts like Superman. Yeah, it's got a cape, got a symbol on his chest, red and blue. Uh, got almost like that Superman swirl in the hair. Not quite, but a little bit of that. Um, and so it you're, starts. You're thinking, it starts, yeah, go. No, go ahead. But yeah, you're you're put in the mindset of okay, this is Superman basically. When yeah. You're, when you're reading this, and you open up this comic in the first page, he's naked. He's naked, and that's what you've always wanted from Superman. You're like, who's mm-hmm. going to show this guy super bod? In all its glory, like now, yeah. this is a guy who gets it. Let's. Uh, you don't see. You don't see his. You know, bits and pieces. His, yeah, you don't see his little uh, um, fortress. He is, of solitude. He's, he's flying through the clouds. It's a splash page of him flying through the clouds naked, and it just says, "In my dreams, I fly," which mm-hmm. I think is a really good first page. Like, I'm already intrigued by this. I book. am. I agree. It's and it also already is kind of sweet and sentimental about mm-hmm. Superman right away. Like, what does he think about? Yeah. What does he want? And he's smiling in this picture, right? Yeah. And, and it's kind of this innocent picture of this, this Superman-ish person flying. The second page, I'm just going to read it. I soar unfettered and serene, laughing at gravity and at care. The clouds embrace me as a friend and the wind lazily tossles my hair. I lose myself in the sun and sky. I mean, it's really setting this like happy s- magic spell kind of. And he's yeah. smiling from ear to ear. And the next page, he is awoken by a clang, a clang, a clang, a clang, some kind of alarm clock like thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we get that. And then the story, we get a really good view of like what a day in the life of Samaritan is. It's really fun. Um, he reaches for his alarm clock on the next page and he goes, no, not the alarm clock. It hasn't had a chance to ring in years. The emergency alert transmitter, as always. So he like goes to hit his alarm clock. It's not that. And there's like this other like weird high tech crystal button that he has to push. Yeah. And and then that begins what the issue is, which is a day in the life of the Samaritan. And what we are, we're kind of just seeing how busy he is. And what makes the story work are the details, the specifics yeah. of the adventures, the specifics of his secret identity. 
the proper nouns of the people he interacts with, the little snatches of dialogue. It is masterful. And mm-hmm. every single one is intriguing. Kevin, it actually reminds me of an issue, not, and not a particular issue, but as if you were reading an issue of Sandman by Neil Gaiman, because it's just these little br- brushes of a world and each one is just such, it grabs you. Yeah. Um, it's also what I love about this book is like every headline and a newspaper in the background or a news story that's playing in the background is like about another character and another villain. And we get to meet all those characters eventually throughout this series. Yes. It's almost it, like an overture for the series. Yeah. But every issue is like that too. Every issue has like little glimpses of other characters and stuff. It makes this book feel, like I said, like one of 40 books. And um I totally agree. And what we're introduced here at the beginning, kind of the theme of this story is that the Samaritan is so busy saving everybody that he doesn't really have time to enjoy being the Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, He flies off and does like, he spends his morning just like stopping like 10 disasters. Uh, He goes to work at his office and he, at lunch, he goes to like the honor guard, which again, is his justice league to like do some business there. They have to fight somebody. He comes back after lunch, work some more, uh, slips out of work like four or five different times to like face disasters. Like it is an absurd amount of uh, uh, things that he has to deal with. Yes. And each one has the Busick details, right? Like when mm-hmm. he meets with the honor guard, you get a glimpse of the other members of the honor guard. There's somebody called the Enforcer who's got like energy beams. There's MPH, which you assume is like a flash speedster type. Yep. Uh, and they, they have little, you know, they have like a sort of Justice League like table. They're all sitting around. Um, MPH, they're trying to calibrate some alien detector, but there's no, Samaritan thinks, there's no aliens currently in membership, so we have to use MPH. And the reading is perfect, 85% human, 15% alien overlay, which is like, well, that's intriguing. He's 15% alien, we guess. Yeah. Uh, It's also the world is interesting, the fact that like some of these characters feel like pretty serious and cool. Like this quarrel, who's like sort of a a Black Widow-ish type, somewhere between Black Widow and Hawkeye, like sort of more fun than Black Widow, but she seems cool and everything. But then there's also like um, a Barbie doll character. Yeah. And I forget her name. It's just Beauty, maybe? I I forget right off the... uh, Right now, I make it. But like later on, we'll meet in another issue, you meet uh, Looney Leo, which is a cartoon lion. Like this world has both those sorts of characters and sort of gritty, spooky characters like the Hanged Man. Right. And just with a name and a costume, because Kurt knows superhero tropes so well, he can invoke a feeling that you're intrigued by. There's a Cleopatra character here that Mm -hmm. seems to be sort of a Dr. Fate Moon Knight type of we don't know totally yet. Beauty oh, you, was the name of uh, the uh, Barbie, Barbie doll-looking character. Um, and, and I say Barbie doll not to say, like, oh, a beautiful, uh, unrealistic proportions. Like, she's a walking doll. Yeah, like, she literally yeah. is a, a, a full-size Barbie doll. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, and then he, he goes to work, and he's a fact-checker where he, like, locks his door to his office and has, like, a computer do all his work automatically, and he can use the newspaper's phone systems to be to learn about the disasters around the world um he has he he stops at a banquet and accepts an award because it's not worth the public relations flare-up to refuse them yeah and that's like a fun it's like they spent two pages on him accepting this award 
Um, and it's that in and of itself is a fun story because he says like, he used to not accept them, but it really upset people. And like, he realized, Oh, I have to accept these awards to make for them. It's not for me. It's for them. Yeah. And even he says that like during the award dinner, he steps out twice to stop disaster somewhere. Yeah. But then he has like this pocket dimension where he does keep all the awards. They're all on shelves. It's very sweet to think of the Um, Superman like character actually keeping all of his trophies. Yeah, but it's also like later on in an issue, like offhandedly, you, there's like some mention of him accepting an award. It's like, oh yeah, you offer Samaritan award, he's coming to accept it, uh, and he's saying the right things, and it's really cool. Uh, there is a little, there is a little battle with an uh, a bad guy here at the end who like breaks into his award dimension, and there's a little backstory in him. Uh, no, that's not in his uh, dimension. That's somewhere else. It's uh, there's a cut. Uh. Oh, really? Because there's like he's near a restroom. There's no restroom in his pocket dimension. It just cuts right from the pocket dimension to his like next thing. Uh, he's okay. having a his Empyrean like web is just his electrical web. That's not the, yeah, yeah. the pocket That's dimension. Right. Okay, yeah. So um, well, he has a little battle with a bad guy, and the bad guy's got a little summary story that's interesting. It was like someone tried to be able tried to capture fear, but ended up accidentally manifesting a fear monster. Yeah, and this character has a little bit of Hulk to him. Like later on, I think there is a mention of him being controlled by somebody and being a good guy temporarily. He's more evil than the Hulk, but there's a bit of Hulk to him. He's fun. Um, and then finally, the Samaritan goes to bed at the end of the day, and he dreams just of flying and being able to enjoy his powers. Yeah, even right before that, that was one of my favorite bits where he gets home and he closes the window and he goes, 56 seconds, best day since March. Because every time he flew somewhere in the issue, he talks about it's like 1.3 seconds to Bangkok to like deal with this. And yeah. A half a second to, he's like, I, I have to slow down to let the honor guard keep up. I take a leisurely 2.3 seconds or whatever. Yeah. It's all like these times. So here we find out he didn't even fly a full minute. And it's his best day since March. Yeah. And then he goes to sleep. He goes, and I sleep and I dream and I fly. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, it's like 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 we said, it's a sweet, joyful, optimistic. I mean, it it is it's both a little sad, right? Yeah. Superman is overworked, but it's like it's still kind of sweet and happy. That's what he wants. Um, and it's like it's moving and it's a it's a yeah. it's emotional and uh it's human, it's the human side of this like god man or whatever. Yeah, I mean it is definitely a sad little ending, but it's also happy because he's smiling and flying and like he's a good person and he's doing the right thing. Um, and you, you want to just kind of tell them, it's like, you don't need to stop every disaster. You can enjoy your life a little bit. No one would blame you, but that's not who he is. Yeah. And, uh, for us fans of superhero comics, it's like a delightful, uh, view of a a Superman type creature. And I love it. And what a great first issue. And on that note, we're going to take an abrupt break. What? Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, We might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks. In advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. 
And then abruptly we are back. Hi. And Kevin, now we're going to go over one of our favorite issues of all time. Is that right? Yeah, one of our favorite comics of all time. Uh, th- this is called The Nearness of You, and just yeah. the existence of it, it kind of was distributed in an interesting way, which Kevin will tell us about now. Yeah, it was a, it was just given away with uh, an issue of Wizard Magazine, Wizard Magazine being like the big mainstream comic book po- uh, 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 publication of the time. Like they would do you know articles about all the mainstream stuff. They would do a little bit of indie stuff. Uh, they would often have like catalogs, uh, pricing guides in the back and, mm-hmm. and um but like it was really touched into like what was hot and what was popular and what was cool uh and they were did a thing for a while where every now and then they would release half issues of comics that were um either launching soon or had just launched basically like i think from wizard's standpoint it's like oh a free comic that's going to help sell our magazine and from creator standpoint it's like you'll give my comic to all these people who love comic books maybe then they'll buy an issue Right. It's like, you know, first one's free type of scenario. Like here. a free comic book day type of promotion. Yeah, before that existed. And um, so Astro City had an issue and they were generally called half issues. Uh, and so this was Astro City and a, ha- a half because they're not quite full issues. Like I think it's like 16 pages instead of like right. 22, 24. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I was getting Astro City anyway. I think it's this time i was getting wizard so i probably would have gotten this anyway but i can't but for sure i would have picked up wizard for this comic and not only was it like a fun giveaway like they did a thunderbolt to half and it's like oh it's a pretty good issue of thunderbolts this is like the best <laughs> issue of astro city and they gave it away and it's so cool um kevin do you want to say the general story here it's kind of an incredible thing uh th- 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 this and kid who collects spider-man live side by side in my head as like sentimental stories that work because they're ju- they're just told so well just the right balance of the way that they're told that they they completely work on me yeah this is a story of a man who uh is dreaming about a woman that he's never met before but in his dreams, he knows everything about her. He knows every detail about her. She's very real to him. But when he wakes up, she doesn't exist. He, it, It's as if he's remembering a, a past uh, uh, girlfriend or, or spouse. But he, but because he knows her that well. And, and like in his dreams, they are a couple. And so he like is calling up his friends and his parents. just trying to be like, who is, who did I forget? who is this person? How could have I forgotten this person that they're not in my life anymore, but they're so real in my dreams, but they don't exist. Nobody remembers this person. The name does not ring a bell anywhere. Um, and it haunts him basically. And it wrecks his life. He can't focus at work. He He's can't getting anyone more else. and more obsessed. Yeah. Uh, he dreams about her almost every night. He doesn't sleep well. Like he wakes up from it. He can't go back to sleep. It haunts him. Uh, though the concept of her is very, uh, he, you know, is good, but he, but it's just, it's because he doesn't know what's happening. It sort of shakes him. And then he is visited by the hanged man who is like this supernatural entity of Astro city who sort of just floats through around doing almost like man thing ish, like doesn't talk much, just kind of floats around and writes wrongs or whatever. I I, kinda, I I think of him as Sandman sort of like, sort of like 
dreamlike and like removed from normal physical. I mean, yes, exists in our I, world, but seems yeah. to be in touch with like the yeah. supernatural side of things. Yeah, I think of man thing as like that as well. Uh, Stan Man just seems like a, he's a god, so he just seems like almost on another level to me. But yeah, it's a piece of all those things. It's a mystical, or like the phantom stranger, entity. the specter, like one of these like guys who walks between worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he visits. Uh, uh, that's classic. Will asking me to describe something and then tell me why I'm wrong. That's how uh, I like to do it. That's how I like to do it. Um, the hangman visits this man and explains what happened uh, for this dream to exist in this guy's mind. And it's a very Astro City explanation because it's very like emotional human side of a superhero trope, basically. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, um, I'll do this, Kevin. You can tell me how I do it wrong. Mm-hmm. But the hanged man touches our man's forehead and like kind of instantly beams the truth into his head, which is a there's a quick little story of a like time, a minor villain who had some small control over time elevated his power into a huge cosmic battle where he tried to erase the existence of superheroes because he was sick of being defeated by them. We see a lot of little details of the heroes that he fought over the decades. And it ended up in an enormous cosmic battle, sort of a secret wars, crisis on infinite earths type of cosmic war that everybody had to get involved in to stop this guy. Right. That's yep. what we learned. Um, and the, what happened is the good guys win and they stop this guy. But the tragic thing is that when they fixed the time streams, which he had messed with, there was some collateral damage and some sort of everyday folks were kind of like wiped out of existence, like the blip in the Avengers. And theoretically, some folks that didn't exist now do exist, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. um, They just never existed. They were never born. Unlike the blip in the Avengers where people just vanished, like these people were never born. Right. This is more yes. back to the future, the uh, photograph fading away. Right. And one of them is this man was this man's wife. And that's yeah. what he's dreaming about. And the hangman explains, like, your connection was so close that you can't forget her, even though reality has been rewritten. Uh, and you remembering her and there's more people like you. There's a handful of people like you threatens the very fabric of reality. Because it is pulling apart at the strings that shows that this is not the reality is was stitched back together uh and the hangman explains by me explaining this to you it'll it solves the problem yeah you understand there's a nice little phrase it's like him understanding will heal his pain it's like um yeah we should probably read these last few pages they're so it's so beautiful um uh it's so like it starts with the hangman who's a great design by the way he's got like a burlap sack and a noose around his neck that like is pulling up on him constantly yeah uh, and he says, so he's explained that this was your wife, but she never existed. And then he says, Air Ace first battled the Barnstormers on a Sunday, not a Monday. And as a result, her grandparents never met. For the most part, the new reality is a whole, but close bonds such as yours, they create a weakness in the fabric of time. One that could let through dangerous things, but the weakness is healed by your understanding. I cannot return her to you. That is beyond even my power. But if the pain is too much, I can allow you to forget. Yeah. Uh, It's a cool little. If what if this were what if these superhero things happened, like Mm -hmm. these little consequences? 
Yeah. The guy says, forget her. I, uh, and then very emphatically, he goes, no, I don't want to forget. And the hangman is, as you wish, you will not remember this visit, though your sense of understanding will remain. And now I have others to visit tonight. And he's about to float off or whatever. Yeah. And the guy asks, "Uh, wait, others? What, uh, what do most people choose? Do they forget or? And this is the magic moment of the, of the issue. The hanged man seems to turn to him for a moment. He thinks he sees the twitch of a smile under that burlap hood. And the hangman says, no one forgets. No one. Good night, Michael Tenex. Sleep well. Yeah. Uh, It's a very powerful moment. Um, And then he says that he sleeps well that night. And basically, now that he knows it was his wife, he just kind of enjoys it as a happy memory. Somehow that he's able to live with this now. Yeah. Um, he understands or his body understands. He, like theoretically, he probably doesn't dream about her every night. It's more like he had a, a wife who passed a while back versus like a wife that should still exist. Probably. Yeah. And it's just it's that is still a hard thing, but it's a thing you can understand at least you can get over. You can get through. He knew her. He knows that in another time, another world, he knew her and he loved her. And that makes all the difference. It is so powerful. This idea of like, you're, you'll never, you'll always be thinking about this one who did not exist, which is such a sad thing. I can take that sad thing away from you. And for this person to say, no, I'd rather have the sad thing. I don't want to lose her just to not be sad sometimes. Is such a very cool, powerful choice. And the fact that nobody makes that choice, all the people who have this strong connection, they want to remember it. Anybody who loved that strongly won't lose it is a very cool idea. It's so Kurt Busick to take the nerdiest of superhero tropes, the big crossover cosmic battle, yeah. which is normally born out of a craven marketing grab, mm-hmm. and to find this very moving human corner of it and shine a spotlight on it. I mean, that is the biggest, that's Astro City, right? Like Mm -hmm. that there's this like super emotional story that can fall out of this superhero trope and Busick can like tease it out and Brent Anderson and like really make it work so great. It's also, it's uh, 16 pages. feels like a lot, but it, um, pretty short. When you're you're used to 24 pages, it's, you're losing a big chunk. You're losing a third of your story. And this book does not suffer for it at all. It is a perfectly paced little comic. I mean, the main the main thread is so emotional, but you also get this cool little description of a cosmic battle, right? Like the timekeeper yeah. or whatever his name is. And then like the all-American and slugger, the kid Dynamo is his sidekick. Like the, yeah. the, 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 the pictures of all the heroes in the cosmic battle are also pretty intriguing. And you see, yeah, you see like all the mystic characters kind of banding together. You see Samaritan vanish, which like if this was a crossover, it's like, oh my goodness. Right. How are right. they going to win now? They lost their big guy. Yeah. Um, and all that's really cool too. Um, as a parallel, I remember in the story top 10 by Alan Moore, which is like also its own little universe. And it's like the NYPD blue of a superhero world. Yeah, where all the super in top cops. 10. Everybody is a superhero. Yeah. All the civilians. There's no such thing as a non-superhero, which is taking this to a ridiculous level. Well, there, and there, it's is great. A, there is a very fun use of the cosmic battle also which is somebody has super mice infested in their apartments oh right yeah um and like all these super powered mice have taken over somebody's apartment they call an exterminator and the exterminator brings over a bunch of super powered cats 
to like fight them. Uh, and he's like, all right, let these cats take care of it. And the cats and the mice get into like a little cosmic battle. And there's a little cat Galactus and like an eternity mouse fighting off and it reaches a peak. And then it makes it that none of them ever existed. And so the person won't pay the exterminator because they have no memory of the mice existing. <laughs> right. It's funny. Right. Yeah. 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 And, it's, it, but, and I was like, well, that's the difference between Alan Moore and Kurt Busiek. Like that is such a hilarious B plot. Well told. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like tweaking. Isn't this funny? You know, isn't this silly? This little cosmic battle yeah. between cats and mice. And Kurt makes you cry over it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I love this issue. And, I, you know, just like I recommend all of Astro City, I the nearness of you. Yeah. Little they 16 just, page. You got to read it, folks. Uh, they just came out with this Astro City Metro book, which collects the first 20 issues of Astro City and nearness mm -hmm. of you. I'm just making sure it's 20 and not. 19 i'd hate to get that wrong for all the fact checkers out there so oh, 19 it's 18 issues plus the nearness of you so 19 stories okay uh, this collection is near i think near perfect it is some it's a lot of the, every story is almost a home run there's a couple stories that i think are just good but most yeah. of them i think are home runs yeah the biggest slam we have on these stories that some of them are only good yeah uh there's uh, a great one with the confessor that is like a six-part i think story i love that confessor story uh, the confessor is like a dark Batman hero of the night like batman-ish character takes on a new sidekick the altar boy uh and it is that is not at all the story is not the story of robin at all it is a very interesting story it is really cool there's levels to it that's really really fun and it has an emotional ending uh, the first six issues are all sort of done in one little stories. There's one about a uh, reporter mm -hmm. uh, who finds a crazy superhero thing that he witnesses and his editor won't let him publish it because he can't verify the facts. Yeah. Uh, and so that's like a very fun story. Uh, there's one near the end of this issue called, um, oh, what's, what's the exact title? Um, um, Show Them All. Oh, I love about, that. Like, it's really great. It's about like a guy who's like an inventor mechanic, like a, like a tinkerer type of uh, yeah. fixer type. And he like robs a bank of like 20, you know, million dollars or whatever. and gets away Scott clean and nobody knows it was him. Yeah. And it drives him crazy. He's like, he wants everyone to, he's like, I want the credit. I want everyone yeah. to know how smart I was. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes back and carefully sets himself up to get caught just the right way that he wants. Yes. And the heroes are like, you fool, you came back. And he's like, yeah, I was a real fool. But like, it's what he wanted was to be caught. Yes. Um, and he's like in court and they're describing, it's like how only this genius could have pulled this off. And he's just sitting there going, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Isn't there a story where a mob lawyer gets his client off because he cites the precedents of all these like evil twins and like. Um, maybe I don't. Uh, uh, there's so many. The, basically, this comic has now run long enough that. Because uh, uh, I had to reread a lot of these stories. Yeah, because it's been out since these... the mid '90s. Started in yeah. '90 and '96. And there'll be long gaps where none of them come out, and then it comes out again. But there's, a, there's, I think there's like 70 or 80 issues of Astro City at this point. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's good. Like, like any book that runs 80 issues, there's stretches where I'm like, oh, this isn't quite as good as the best. And then there'll be stretches after that where I'm like, oh, it's back. It's just as good as it ever was. Yeah. Um. There's a handful of issues where Brent Anderson doesn't draw the inside. It bums me out a little bit, but uh, right, that's you're all so pretty used to his style. Yeah. And they, they get good artists to fill those in, but uh, you know, it's great. Um, I'm really excited about these Metro books. Cause I'm basically rebuying, even though I have a lot of these in trades, but 
I'm going to reread them all as I get these new big thick trades and it'll be really yeah. fun. Um, yeah. And like some of them are a little more straightforward. Mm-hmm. They're never quite completely straightforward, but some of them are a little bit more uh, like confessors, almost straightforward. Right. Um, but it but really just... isn't <laughs> at the same time. So it's, and it's basically great. Kurt's so good at creating these characters. that even if it is a straightforward hero and villain story, it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the cool things about the Samaritan you learn is that he is from the future and he came back to stop a disaster. Yeah. Uh, he stops the challenger from exploding. Yes. Uh, which at this time, this is pre nine 11 was like one of the biggest tragedies in American history. Yeah. Uh, and so, so like, I feel like if you do this coming now, he probably would have come back and stopped. Uh, maybe, maybe the towers is too big. Yeah. The towers uh, is like Pearl Harbor. Like he, these time traveling heroes almost never undo World War II. It's like too but, big. But but he like stops this uh, the challenger because for some reason that was like a a point that sent our world into a dark timeline, and he stops that from happening. And now that he's here, he's like, well, who knows what all these other little disasters could cause? But like you'll see, like in the first or second issue, there's like a headline on the wall of like Samaritan saves the challenger. It's just like. That is to them. It's just like, oh, it's nice. He's, it's one of the many things he did. Yeah. And, like, and to it us, it's like, wow. The One of the most important things. Ex Machina as a comic by Brian Vaughn that also had a, had him save one of the towers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like it's in that story. Like it's a story about a guy who gets powers to like control machines somehow. I'm uh, not doing it justice. It's, it's really interesting. It's a pretty good comic and you get to the end and you find out like his big coming out was like, uh, saving one of the towers and like he like they show him in front of one of the towers like there's a beam of light where one is and the tower exists the other tower still up and he's like i wish i could have gotten there in time to save them both uh and it's like this in this world because this guy existed that disaster was not so bad yeah and uh, it's like just like it's a very enticing hook to that comic uh more important to that comic than the challenger is to this comic but um like that idea is just very fun. Yeah. And so I'm, spoil- I'm spoiling lots of old comics today. You guys have had time. You guys have had yeah. time to read these. Mm-hmm. Um, Swamp Thing, uh, Alec Holland, Alec Holland died. Alec Holland died and became the Swamp Thing. Yeah. Oh, and Swamp Thing was is Alan- like Alec Holland completely died, right? And the right, Swamp right. Thing and then just the absorbed thing is, his essence. Yeah. The Swamp thinks it's Alec Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Astro City's great. Kurt Busick is great. We're not talking about all his other great comics. Uh, I think Autumn Lands is a book he's done recently that was really great that I think people should read. Uh, he's doing, um, uh, 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 what, what is it called? Um, right now, he just finished doing a second miniseries of, oh, The Aerosmith. It's like a really weird, like World War I uh, in a magic world with like dragons and stuff. It's really interesting hmm. and beautiful. Um uh, uh, he did a long run on Conan, uh, not the talk show host, but the barbarian that <laughs> I think I'm sure, is, I'm sure he would do a good set on the talk show. Sure. Host. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I think is phenomenal. It, it made me really get Conan. Like a lot of times great writers like this, they do a book. I'm like, oh, everyone loves Conan, the barbarian. I like the movies. Okay. The comics never really grabbed me. The books never grabbed me. And then I read his comics and like, I bought a collection of the stories and I read them and I got super into it for a while. Yeah. Cause he just showed me how cool it was. Um, uh, Kurt is uh, impressive. I mean, 
he's one of the all-time greats. He's one, he, he's, he is a hall of fame, first ballot hall of fame comic book writer. He is, he's, he should be up there with, uh, should be, and is up there with all the names you think of as the great comic book writers, uh, Alan Moore, Frank Miller, Walt Simonson. You got to put Kurt Busiek right up there with them. Yeah. Difference from those guys that he doesn't draw. Yeah. But of the guys who can't draw their own work. Like that's so Alan know. Moore, Neil Gaiman, yeah, uh, Kurt Busiek, uh, Chris Claremont. Yeah, he's up there with all those guys, and it's he's uh, he's also on Twitter, and I appreciate that. And like, uh, as everyone hates Twitter and thinks t- Twitter's a cesspool, one of the things I love about Twitter is that there are people like Kurt who's just on there, sort of citing his opinions about superheroes and stuff every now and then. I can follow him, and it's always like a fun read yeah. if it's about superheroes, and it's he feels like oh, it's it's like I'm sitting at the table next to him at a restaurant. As he and Alex Ross talk about superheroes, and I get to overhear it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really fun. Uh, which reminds me, I was trying to look this up right before we recorded, but I can't find it anywhere. It might not be on the internet anymore. But uh, uh, Kurt and Alex did a thing for Wizard where they talked about how they come up with characters. Right. And they basically create a character on the spot. Is it the heretic? Uh, uh, it, the infidel. Yes, the infidel, right? Because the heretic was taken. He was trying to think of a good uh, nemesis for the Samaritan. The Samaritan, and he wanted it to be the heretic. And whoever they were was doing the interview was like, "Oh, there already is a heretic." And he said it like three times. Oh, are you sure there's a heretic? Man, I wish it could be the heretic. And then they but came it, up with infidel. He's like, "Yes, that's it, it. The infidel." It is so impressive. It's like it's you know whatever. It's a dense page, but it's a page of a magazine. Yeah. Where in the in a conversation, these two very great comic book creators create a very cool sounding villain yes and it a little bit it feels like being with like kirby and stan lee bouncing ideas back and forth and at the end of the day they're like yeah and that'll be uh you know not the fantastic four but that'll be uh, uh the wizard or whatever and it's just like yeah, oh, or yeah the scrolls you, or something. you just pulled something you just pulled something together i don't know how you yeah it's sort of amazing to see it and i remember reading that and just reading it like back to back like I finished it and reread the whole page again. Yes. Like, oh, this is just kind of cool to see it happen. I remember reading that too. It's really cool. Yeah. I think about that too. When I try to imagine characters, like some of the stuff they talked about, like they were trying to think of like, do they want this to be like an opposite of Samaritan or they like, yeah, he talked about the different ways you can kind of go for a villain. Yeah. And they were trying to like create like an arch nemesis and he shows up in one of these comics. He like the infidel eventually shows up. Um. Because, like, no good idea will go unused. Yeah. Um, and it's their idea. They created it. Those are the guys who create the uh, characters for this book. Uh, they're very impressive. And Alex Ross probably doesn't get enough credit for Astro City because I think he does a lot of that with Kurt. I think they bang out ideas together. And he, I think they bounce off each other. And I think Brent probably does that as well. And, like, I mean, Kurt certainly never leaves them out when he talks about, you know, he does not present Astro City as a one man thing. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but I still think that Kurt is the driving force and it's his, and it's his like sensibility. That is the primary driver here. Um, and that's it. That's what I got to say. Me too. Read Astro city. And that's the end of our talking about music season. I think we'll not do emails today. I think so. Yeah. I think it's probably best. Uh, we'll have more time for emails. Uh, next episode we're going to be off next week so we're taking a week off because our youngest brother is getting married that's right uh, that's we just don't have business. time we were going to record during the ceremony 
And then uh, somebody told us that the that acoustics, the, well, no, they said the acoustics weren't great. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you were so, like, then I won't do it. Will said. Yep. Well, we tried. Um, yeah. So. And, um, but we'll take a week like, off. Sh- then we're going to come back. Stop doing those vows. Yeah. Wait till our commercial break. Or can we shorten them up? <laughs> um, short box. <laughs> <laughs> in, the back of the, in the back of the church or wherever. Um, yeah, so we're taking off next week, but then we'll be back the week after. And we're going to cover God Loves, Man Kills. Yeah, uh, the one of the great X Men original graphic novel that we sort of skipped time wise in yeah, our we, coverage. When we were covering the Claremont X Men, we skipped it. So we're going to do God Loves, Man Kills and we'll read some emails. So a week off and then we'll do that. And then after that, we're going to come back and do, I think, uh, Wolverine's four issue miniseries that uh, Frank Miller drew. <laughs> That yeah, Claremont and Miller did in the early '80s. Uh, those are two huge pillars of X Men comics that we've kind of skipped. We're going to go back and do those. And, and by that I'd... time, we should know what's coming up next. Yes, right? yes, that's right. So um, please email us at screwedatcomics at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts on Astro City and Kurt Busick or any comic book, anything. God loves man kills. What, uh, on about short boxed, <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah, and, war uh, games. Uh, yeah, we got. Yeah. We still have to do our screw it. We're just going to talk about war games sub podcast sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, just get in there and do stuff. Uh, uh, we're going to cover a Wolverine miniseries. That's going to be easy on Will because he knows who Wolverine is. So get ready he's one of the few up. characters I can recognize. So I'm yeah, glad. I can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Write and review our podcast. Oh, we we also should read some of the reviews we've gotten recently. They're very funny. Well, okay, so we'll do that on our next episode too. Um, so if you want me to read your reviews, uh, first of all, make them funny. Make them, yeah, punch them and, up and do them right now. But we've got some funny ones on there that I that I read a while back, and I keep forgetting that I want to share them with our listeners because they're great. All right, and um, thanks everybody for listening. And Kevin, uh, I'll uh, I'll see you at our brother's nuptials. Sure. Okay, I'll see you there. All right. I guess whatever. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics.